Welcome back, everybody, to Social Workers and Scriptures podcast. We're so glad that you're tuning in today. Hey, if you haven't checked us out on Instagram and Facebook, you should do so. Give us a like, follow us on there so you don't miss anything. We put out lots of encouragements, okay, and reminders about what we're doing. Also, if you haven't checked us out on YouTube, you should, because now you can also hear all of our podcasts on YouTube. Just make sure that you like it and subscribe, and then you won't miss anything either, okay? All right, we want to give a shout out to all those around the globe who have joined us recently. We are so glad you are joining us from Singapore, Romania, Philippines, Mexico, and the Bahamas. We are so glad that you're joining us. And of course, everybody on our own home front, the United States, thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate you. Hey, tell your friends about our podcast, to all the people that you know, we appreciate it. Again, we are the Social Workers and Scriptures podcast. I'm Caddy Elias. And I'm Susan Camacho. And today we want to talk to you about knowing when advice is good. So we want to tell you about this because we want you to know what makes for good advice. We want you to know who to trust to give good advice and keep those people around. We want to help you know how to apply good advice, even when it's difficult. Of course, we want to help you in coping, and that leads to better decision-making, we're hoping. And then also, we want to help you to be in line with God's word, of course. So maybe, Susan, you can help us figure out what we're not. This is not a substitute for individual psychotherapy to treat underlying conditions or chronic mental health issues. Each person needs an assessment on a case-by-case basis for treatment purposes. Do not go off your meds without medical consultation. If you are having a psychiatric emergency, please go to the nearest ER or dial 911. If you are in crisis, you can contact the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. And those who work in acronyms, it's 1-800-273-TALK. While we are not expert theologians or degreed theologians, we are professional therapists. We have graduate degrees in social work, but this podcast is not specifically for social workers. It's for those who want to bridge the love of mental health and the Bible. And if you're a social worker and you want to do that, we welcome you too. So, all right. Maybe we can jump into what we're talking about today and maybe we can start off with a few definitions. Okay. So when we're talking about wisdom, the Oxford Dictionary tells us that, uh, that wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment the quality of being wise. But what I love the way that Crossway defines it for a, for a godly believer. Okay, so the skill in the art of godly living. So for us, wisdom includes applying the knowledge of the word. That's really what wisdom is to us. Discernment, you know, we really feel is the art and skill of knowing the difference between right and wrong, godly and ungodly. We're probably going to be interchanging those, those words here. You'll hear those things a lot. But our podcast today is really designed to help you to discern whether you are getting wise advice or not. Advice. Did I say advice? And whether you're getting good advice or not. So anyway, (laughs) Susan, what do you think makes her good advice? Let's start there. And then maybe we can go into bad advice later. I'm going to bullet point some of the, the good advice kind of premises. So good advice is based in truth. Good advice has concrete steps to make it achievable. Good advice also comes from a reputable source or sources. I find that a lot of people find sources that are equally in the same predicament that they are. <laughs> and so, so like sometimes my clients like to, you know, who are our anger management like to be around angry people. And obviously it's like a blind leading the blind. A rage a leading rage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you should be angry about yes. that. Yes. <laughs> it needs to be from a reputable source. Just like if you were, you know, writing a research paper, obviously it has to be from a reputable source. Good advice doesn't always feel good. That's probably one of the common misconceptions about therapy is that it's supposed to feel good. And initially, it really doesn't. It feels like you're like, oh, 
a charged kind of wire, you feel raw, naked, and exposed. And so people really have a difficult time with the first couple of sessions. Like I would say the first five sessions. That's not the best really marketing really... strategy right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it isn't, hope. it's still the truth. Like it really, it, they find it difficult to go to therapy, but it is well worth it. Sometimes clinicians say, we say things that people need to be willing to hear things that they might not necessarily want to hear things. So that also makes it really difficult. Good advice is funneled through a verification process, a balance of your head and your heart. It's mentor. It's actually funneled also through mentors, friends, clergy. It's not impulsive and it really is not made in a vacuum. Your decisions shouldn't just be made all in your head. It should be like a sounding board for other people. Proverbs 11, 14 says where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Good advice also follows a moral code. Obviously, a lot of us are, you know, Would that be the Bible? are governed by bodies. Like for us, it's the Board of Behavioral Sciences. In terms of a social work code of ethics, nurses and doctors have the same kind of code of ethics, obviously, to do no harm. Good advice follows a moral code. Hopefully, it's illegal, immoral, unethical. You don't do. Um, so good advice obviously follows those tenets. Most importantly, good advice is aligned with the Bible, with God's word. Amen. Hopefully you're funneling through all of those processes and channeling that in order for, to make it good advice. Yeah. Kat, what do you think makes for good advice? What well, is the question? When you say that our good advice should be, uh, can be funneled through mentors, you mean that it, it goes through those people and it's passable, right? It means like kind of like a, a straining process. Like you leave kind of the pulp there and you kind of figure out like what is beneficial, what it's not. So it should be funneled through other people. Kat and I are friends outside the podcast and I'm like, was it too much? Was it too yes, little? Yes, it was too much. Did I need to be Always a little bit more assertive? No, <laughs> <laughs> and so it needs to be funneled through a, like a sounding board, a process. Like it shouldn't just be impulsive. And like I said, in a vacuum, mm -hmm. it, it should not be that. Okay, let's do the good advice and then we'll jump on into okay. the bad advice. Well, I think you're right. You know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. That's what Proverbs 1, 7 tells us. The beginning of good advice begins in, in, in wisdom, begins with the fear of the Lord. So I definitely think that's something that is in line with scripture, in line with the way that the Lord loves. Um, the love is from the Lord. He is love. It should fall in line with those things. So I think that Good advice comes from somebody who has a good grasp of overall reality, keeps the right relationships as a goal, knows the difference between how relationship, healthy relationships work in theory versus in actual practice. Um, someone has a really good grasp, okay? And somebody who is going to uplift the right relationships and has the right thinking. So in James 3.17, it tells us, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. It needs to be somebody who just has a, a good reasonableness to them. You also want to have advice from somebody who shows them self-discernment and wisdom and godly knowledge and fruit of the Spirit. It's a good idea to find people to help give you advice who already are where you want to be in regards to your goals or the things that you want to improve that, that have their gifts there. You want them to have good conduct. You want them to show that. I think also you probably want to listen to something that somebody tells you, knowing that they're coming from a good place. You want to make sure that you know that that person has your best interest at heart. Also, if they have nothing to gain by telling you what they're telling you, you might want to listen, especially if they have something to lose by telling you. There might be some truth in there, and we are really to speak truth in love. That's what Ephesians 4 tells us, right? 
Also, I think when it comes to therapists, I think there's a lot of therapists who do just a lot of active listening and things like that and really want you to come to your own conclusions. But I think that you should be getting feedback from your therapist and you want and that good advice pushes you to grow, have better relationships, improve your health, includes tangible steps like you're talking about is stable. And definitely, I think a, a theme that that is very important is that it is not just based off of how you feel and how you respond, but it's based off of truth that is in there. Now, if we're talking about some bad advice, because certainly that's out there. What do you think is some bad advice? That is out there. <laughs> So bad advice, um, some of the tenets for bad advice is the motives of the advice giver, just like Kat was talking about right now, that it's not altruistic, that, you know, sometimes maybe they're coveting what you have or some of those things, selfish like motives. Like, I think you should it give me everything the- that you own. That would be bad <laughs> advice, right? Yes, that would be bad <laughs> advice. I think you should give me um, money. <laughs> It breaks a moral code of conduct like we discussed previously, illegal, immoral, unethical. Obviously, you should know it's bad advice if somebody's telling you to steal, cheat, being unethical, having dual relationships like for therapists. All those things, obviously, it breaks a moral code. Another tenant for bad advice is it's malicious in its delivery. You really have Mm. to be on the lookout or have the red flags there when the delivery is meant to hurt you purposefully not that good advice doesn't hurt you you know the bible says that iron sharpens iron and so in that it should have some softness to that it should be the truth with love bad advice is also selfish obviously i just said that bad advice also creates division and drama Mm. um so you need to really be cautious and weary the only time that professionals really consider fragmenting a relationship is where there is abuse of any kind whether it's emotional physical sexual also addictions as well that's the only time that professionals usually give you that kind of advice is to like maybe even separate and kind of maintain boundaries when there is a potential for your children to be harmed for yourself to be harmed or self-harm and are you speaking in regards to marriage yes in, in marriage Maybe. and all mm-hmm. and also like sometimes friendships because sometimes our families are have addictions that's the only time like that we really promote some kind of space or distance between you and your loved one is when there is those things also bad advice seeks revenge or vengeance It seeks to harm, abuse, or manipulate, like I just stated. Mm. Bad advice, obviously, if it isn't obvious to everybody, it moves you backwards and not forwards. Yes, Mm. in therapy, there are like maybe sometimes two steps forward and one step back because there's our resistance to learning new things, but in that there should still be a forward. Jeremiah 7.24 says, but they do not obey or incline their ear, but walked in their own counsels and stubbornness of their evil hearts and went backwards and not forwards. And seeking to collude with somebody, I see that a lot, or Mm. enable you or just want an ally against like other friends or or your relationship. You're just seeking somebody that you want on your side. That's bad advice. Mm -hmm. A good friend, a good family member, they will tell you the truth in love. Mm -hmm. So you think that's, that's, they are, when they're seeking mostly based off of an emotional standpoint, they're giving you advice versus a logical? Yeah, you're just looking for an ally. You're like looking for an ally to know, to validate that you're right. So that is what I'm saying about seeking to coll- someone to collude with you. It's not good. Um, we've seen that. Proverbs 7, 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Another um, tenant for bad advice is also edits or deletes information to prevent mm. an accurate picture. So as therapists, we get a lot of that. 
we get fragmented puzzle pieces of somebody's story. Because obviously for some reason it's shame-based or whatever it is, like they don't want to feel bad about themselves. So they give us pieces. And then later on we get more pieces and, you know, we eventually place them together. But So that almost impacts them, them omitting information impacts our advice giving. Yes. Right? So you're telling, you're telling the person who's, who's telling their story, you need to tell the whole thing and be transparent yes. so that you can get good advice, not just the one that you're seeking. You need to be like, do, you know, say what you did wrong too. I think we, I feel like we just lost five people, five <laughs> listeners. <laughs> They're like, Sometimes oh, wait, I still no, have my that's not what. <laughs> They're like, click. And people are telling me things and I'm like, hmm, there's some stuff yeah. missing. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, click. Oh, I didn't know honesty was part of the package. <laughs> <laughs> so Kat, what do you think bad advice entails? Well, I think like we said, something that is not in line with God's word. You know, um, if when they give you advice that is not in line with God's word, you have to be careful, even when they're using scripture. Sometimes, you know, the, the Bible tells us that in Galatians 1.8, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preached to you, let him be accursed. It also tells us that, you know, that we have people who bring the wrong message, the wrong doctrine, the wrong things, and they might disguise themselves as angels of the light. So you really need to have good discernment. So if it's not in line with God wor- God's word, it is not right. In Romans 8, 7, it tells us, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Make sure that it's something that is in line with God's word, okay? He's not going to tell you to go watch porn to improve your relationship with your spouse, okay? He's not going to tell you those kind of things. You need to be wary of those things. Also, when somebody's giving you advice that's based off of how you feel or how they feel versus the truth of the situation, you have to be very careful. It's very sweet and nice. It's nice to have that empathy and we like that, but we need to make sure that it's based off of truth, okay? We need to be speaking truth and love. And Galatians 1.10 tells us for M, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to, to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Advice that is impulsive damages relationships that you plan to keep um, and has difficulty distinguishing between short-term issues and long-term issues. You really need to be wary of that because you don't want to make long-term decisions based off of a short-term issue. And things that stem from pride, those things we know um, are no good. In regards to a therapist, I think you want to be careful of advice you get from a therapist who thinks that you can't get better, that things can't improve. People with personality disorders, um, it was believed before that personality disorders can't get better or that they can't be cured. You don't want to go to somebody who has that thinking. Even somebody with organic disorder, like bipolar disorder or something like that, you want to go to a therapist that is going to help you figure out ways that you can get better in the ways that you can. Also, um, you should be hearing feedback. You want to hear actually good feedback that moves you closer to Christ and closer and better in really healthy relationships. Relationships, excuse me. What do you think the Bible says, Susan, about advice and counsel? Does it tell us anything? Tells us a lot. Proverbs 19.20 says, Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Proverbs 12.15, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 14.15, The simple believes everything, but the prudent gives thought to his steps. Amen. Proverbs 12.5 says, The thought of the righteous are just, the counsels of the wicked are deceived. Do we not love Proverbs as therapists? We love Proverbs. I love the, the wisdom of the Proverbs. Throw some James in there. And some yeah. Proverbs, we're good. We love it. Remember that God is not just wise. He's the creator of wisdom that he tells us. If you lack wisdom, ask him for it. He gives it generously. That's what James 1.5 tells us. Know that in 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, it tells us that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for proofing, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So the Bible tells us to listen to godly counsel, what is in the word. And the Bible tells us over and over that we need counsel 
with each other, godly counsel, wise counsel, if we are to live wisely. Okay, Proverbs 11, 14, check it out. 28, Proverbs 28, 26, check it out. Proverbs 1, 7, check it out. So yeah, there's good advice out there and we will have to take it, but we don't always want to implement it. What do you think are some of the obstacles of us putting good advice into practice? I think that some of the clinical barriers to not taking good advice is being comfortable in, the un- in an uncomfortable place. Um, so hear me out. A lot of my clients, you know, like I said, with um, anger problems, anger becomes a comfortable go-to, you know? It's easier to feel like when we did the, so I can check it out, the mask of anger. It's easier to be, feel angry than it is to feel the sadness, embarrassment, shame isolation for people also it becomes comfortable you know you don't have to deal with people anymore and so people become comfortable in an uncomfortable place pride thinking that that you think you can handle things on your own and don't need anyone's help or advice Mm, that's a big one no that's a huge one um and not almost become your own god then no mm -hmm, not wanting to change or accept the reality of a situation that is really huge for that's a huge one too especially for women you know, the possibility of a lost relationship, possible rejection, mm. humiliation, loss of the time or investment that you made in a relationship for friendships or even like interpersonal relationships you're with your significant other. A lot of denial takes place. Not wanting to accept that reality. Don't be Cleopatra, queen of denial. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Kat, what do you think are some general obstacles to putting good advice into practice? Well, I think piggybacking off of what you're talking about right now, I do think that sometimes we don't change our ways because there's a grief that comes along with that change, because then we have to acknowledge what we learned before wasn't good or what we did before wasn't good or the way, now if we go back to family of origin stuff as the way our family worked, actually it wasn't kind of good and it kind of pains our heart to, to relearn the right way because it means that, you know, things didn't go the way they're supposed to for us. So just know that grief sometimes does come when it comes to making change and taking that good advice, but pull through that, stick with it, okay? Um, because you want things to get better. Sometimes we don't, we don't want to um, implement this ad- good advice because you don't always see the benefits of good advice right away. Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. It's hard. It's like when you're trying to lose weight and, and you know, you're trying to run or do something and it hurts and you don't see the weight loss right away. And so sometimes you lose motivation to keep going, but you got to keep going knowing that fitness is going to happen, okay? So that can happen to us spiritually and in our relationships. I think also we are in the flesh and dying to our flesh is just hard. So the Bible tells us in Galatians 5.24 that, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And just think of that imagery, crucify your flesh. Man, that sounds painful. So that's what it feels like to deny ourselves. And that's what often that we need to do, right? So good, healthy ways are not always easy. That's why the path of a Christian is, is narrow. It's not easy, but it is worth it. And lastly, why don't we implement good advice? Well, sometimes I think the devil doesn't want us to do that. He wants to do everything possible, put up all these spiritual warfare battles to keep us away from Christ. And in Ephesians 6, 12, it tells us, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Know that there's a spiritual battle for you, but you know, God has already won. So keep in his way. Now, if we're talking about, okay, well, how do we get to putting these things into play? What do you think? How, how can someone put this good advice into play? Our treatment corner is usually, how can I help myself both spiritually and clinically? So I'll start off with the spiritual piece. The spiritual piece, it should, it should be do the right thing. Rarely easy, most times falls into the category of easier said than done. 
doing the right thing doesn't secure the outcome will be favorable. Most often, um, it that is very important. It mm-hmm. doesn't, but you do it because or what it's you think r- is favorable. What feels because favorable? Because it's right. It may yes. be favorable because it's healthy and good, but not feeling wise. It's favorable because it's healthy, it but good. not. But in in the like mm-hmm. kind of moment of it, it feels it just like boundaries. It like it feels very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but very mm-hmm. unsettling at the beginning. It's not till you move on towards time that you feel the benefits of. Mm-hmm. James four seventeen says, "So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it." For him, it is sin. Ouch. Watch yourself. Like I said before, make sure that there is a funneling system in place and that whatever advice given is li- lines up with the Bible. First Timothy 4.16 says, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this for by doing so will save both yourself and your hearers. Don't listen to your heart. And this one I kind of lumped in both biblically and clinically is equally as important. Decisions cannot be made with all head or all heart. When people have survivor's guilt, it usually takes a while for their head and their heart to catch up. You need a balance of both. Thinking a partner as well, it can't be based on all, all feelings, all heart. It needs to be based on head and logic as well. If that person is right for me, if, are there any red flags? The Bible says that the heart is deceitful. Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, a really popular one. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruits of his doing. Hang around with people, mentors that are healthy. And not just that you think are healthy, but that their fruits bear the healthiness. Their relationships bear fruits. The idiom is, is that the proof is in the pudding. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good habits. So have a safe sounding board. First Corinthians 15.33, like I said, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good mm. habits. Clinically, there are, there are some people that genuinely don't have good role models. Um, some people really were raised in a lot of dysfunction. Learn from other people's mistakes. Look for support groups. Nowadays, there is, there is support, group for, support group just for about anything. Grief share, divorce care, Overcomers Anonymous, cancer groups. I mean, there's all kinds of things. a support group if you're looking for a support group. <laughs> <What? laughs> Let me help support you in the search. I mean, there are so, I mean, your healthcare provider is a really good place to start. They usually have a list of, of therapists and the internet's obviously a great source. Or to they have a social worker for- to refer you to. <laughs> for support groups, um, go to therapy, um, but be wise about who you choose as a therapist. Be willing, open, flexible, and ready for change. That is a huge one for clinicians. Mm. You have to be ready for that change. There has to be a readiness piece. Keep an open mind, just like the the Lord gives us free will. Therapists cannot change people that don't want to be changed. Be teachable. People that take to therapy like ducks in water, it's because they're ready to swim. They're ready. They're just ready. And usually the therapist can tell like it's going to be like a short-term ride because they're so willing to change their lives around. It's like a beginning Christian. Like you just love seeing them so on fire, so gray, like all these things because they just want to absorb everything. And so with anything, it's always that absorption that, that is a really good thing. And lastly, in this day and age, come on now, guys, there's like an app store. Um, there Absolutely. Are <laughs> there are Absolutely. tons of apps apps at your fingertip um the va what's app with that dude (laughs) the va has a ptsd coach app um there's tons of bible apps mindfulness apps soothing sounds sleeping ones um i have friends that have a journaling app anxiety and depression apps you're 
Your selection is limitless. And for and someone, podcasts. There are some amazing podcasts out there. A cheap plug. Podcasts Hello. like yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> and some of these are even free, like the Bible app one and the, like the when I said the PTSD coach ones. Um, but even if it wasn't, I mean, really, like $2, you spend way more on Starbucks. Invest in your wellness. And this one, super, super important. Viscerally um, is a fancy word. What'd you call for- me? <laughs> I'm sorry? <laughs> Viscerally is a fancy word for a gut response. Listen so to the say recess response. that's within you. Force within you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Which is Jesus, the Holy Spirit. And so, it, um, and no way, like, you know, detectives have this, therapists have this. It's like a gut response to something. And women have this, an intuition. That relationship is not going to work out because you know somewhere in the back of your mind, like something in your body's telling you that it's not good. And well, so, my intuition says that someone's wrong. Usually, isn't that a woman's intuition? That the other person's wrong? <laughs> no. No, it's just me. <laughs> I know. My intuition I, says that you I are know, wrong. I know. Insert foot in mouth. Ooh. Hello. <laughs> uh, so most times our bodies clue us in on a person clinically, even before we know the whole picture, you know? Mm. Obviously, with therapists, it happens a lot. Even when I don't know the whole picture, like I said, I have pieces, but I'm like, ooh, there's something off about them. I just can't place my finger right then and there, but I know. And so viscerally, it's really important to listen to those things, cat, spiritually and clinically. Well, I think you nailed most of them. Um, I think that really, if you want to gain discernment and wisdom, you need to be in your spiritual practices. That's really where you're going to get it to begin with. The Bible tells us, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. That is discernment. That comes from the spiritual practices. And that's Romans 12 too, by the way. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? So you need to know what the Lord says. You need to have that fear. You need to be in your Bible. You need to be in prayer. Also pray for that. The Lord makes you anew. He can do that. He tells you, he will give those things, wisdom to you generously. So, so do those things. Okay. So pray. You want to be so sensitive to the Holy Spirit and such good practice with him that, that you, can, you can hear him when he's speaking to you, okay? So you need to be in regular practice. Also, you need to be in practice of this fruit here, okay? The, the fruit of the Spirit, because it's hard to just switch over and then, you know, you have no fruit of the Spirit and then you just all of a sudden now just have fruit of the Spirit. You really need to be in practice. You need to be implementing these things. The Christian life is not just theoretical. It is practical, okay? So you need to be walking these things out. You know, I think one of the things that we have to do is when things come up that are difficult, you really need to allow yourself to feel those things without stepping in to take away some of those hard feelings so that you really know what's going on. If you want to know some of the underlying issues that really need to be treated, you just just wait it out. Before you step in to pull yourself out from anything that makes you anxious or whatever, whatever avoidant behavior you have, just stick in there for a second and then you'll start seeing what really needs to be worked on and then work on those things. In order to implement good advice, you want to think about the long-term view. Remind yourself that God's way is always worth it, okay? If you're feeling overwhelmed at this minute, focus just on this minute. And lastly, two things. You want to start evaluating the people that are around you that give good, godly, wise counsel who are living a godly life in the way that God intended and keep those people around. Go to those people for advice. Don't go to some of the others, okay? You can still love the others, but don't go to the others. You want to start developing and making sure that you have the right system. And then you need some sort of system and review and accountability often. Don't let too much time pass while you're checking in with people. And you need to have people that will tell you the truth, whether it hurts your feelings or not. 
they should care about it, but they, but they need to tell you the truth. So you need to have some sort of accountability in there. Okay. Because sometimes we don't realize we're getting off path because we're making such small changes and small degrees of change that we don't feel it. So we need somebody, other people around us to speak truth into us, to show us when we're going off path. If I have something for you guys to take away that I would like for you guys to take away from today's podcast, it's that God's ways are really key to our wellness and that no matter how much the world tries to put a spin on it, true lasting joy can only come from him. And and when we're left to our own ways, we stray. Our flesh wants to stray. Godly counsel is super imperative, quite imperative for most of us to keep on the path that is aligned with God's word, okay, in the way that God wants us to live and to make sure we're not taking steps away from him. Godly counsel is so important and it can really help you to staying well. Susan, what would you like everybody to take away? I want everybody to take away, um, I want to say the obvious in case it's not obvious, that bad counsel can derail your walk with God Mm. and it can fracture and and destroy your relationship. Wolves rarely ever look like wolves. They don't say, hey, I'm a wolf. (laughs) Nice to meet you. They're just like, Um, (laughs) Kat and I have worked with like, you know, domestic violence victims and perpetrators. What happens is, is that they're usually very charming, charismatic people. You need to be careful and cautious about what kind of counsel you take in, even biblically. And that you have counsel so that you're not just relying on your own heart. Yes. Right? And that, the, that it aligns with God's word. Matthew 7.15 says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothings, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Don't be attacked by a wolf. So that's basically it. Kat, can you take us away in prayer? Absolutely. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time that we have together. Thank you so much, Lord God, that you are present and available and that you are personable and know exactly what we are going through. We thank you, Lord God. We ask you for everyone listening that you would place people in their lives that would give them good, godly counsel, that would point them back to you, that would point them to your word, that would be able to speak words that that they would be able to receive, and that the Holy Spirit would work through, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would help mold us to be more like you. Help us, Lord Jesus, to abide in you and to obey you, Lord God surround all those that are listening with people who will just pour into them in the right way, Lord God. Um, We praise your holy name, Lord Jesus. All right, everybody. Amen. Amen. We will talk to you guys next time. Yes. And don't forget, don't forget to follow us, subscribe, thumbs up us at Social Workers and Scriptures. Till next time. All right. Bye, Bye, guys. Take care.